Welcome to the Fletcher Murder Files with your hosts Brian and Joe. Well, I found your manuscript, and I read it. I hope you don't mind. My book? Oh, of course I don't mind. But I certainly wouldn't want anybody else to read it. Oh, um, well, you see, not only did I read it, I gave it to a friend of mine who showed it to Coventry House, and... And, well, you see, Aunt Jess, they want to publish it. What? Oh, dear, no. Well, I thought you'd be pleased. Well, I am not pleased, Grady. I'm not a writer. Just filling time after your uncle died. I didn't dream for a minute. Well, that's the trouble, Aunt Jess. You've never dreamed. And it's about time you did. Oh, be sensible. Look, just because somebody wants to publish my book doesn't mean anyone will bother to read it. This was the first murder she came in contact with, isn't it? Yeah. 
The only thing we have with claws are lobsters, and we eat them. No, I, I know what you mean. Believe me, it took me years to get used to this town. But look, I'm having a little party at my place in the country over the weekend. I'd like you to be my guest. Well, all of you. I want you to meet some real people. Not critics or columnists, but my friends. And then on Monday, if you still want to go back home, I'll put you on this train personally. Fair enough? Forgive me, but ever since I entered this room, I've been trying to deduce who you're dressed as. 
I think I have it. It's Edmond Dante, isn't it? The Count of Monte Cristo. Very good, Mr. Baxendale. I'm almost sorry I'm throwing you out. You might have made a charming guest. I beg your pardon, Chief Gunderson. I was uh, just checking something out. I probably should have asked you first, but I didn't disturb any evidence, believe me. 
I read your book. Oh, you did? How nice. Didn't say I liked it. Said I read it. So, <clears throat> what do you think? I beg your pardon? You know people, ma'am. I can tell that. You see the little things, the, the inconsistencies. So, what do you think about Mrs. McCallum? Well, surely she's not a suspect, is she? At the moment, she is the suspect. She is? Oh, my goodness. Chief, did Mr. Giles tell you about last night's intruder? Oh, you mean the private eye from New York? You think he killed the captain? Oh, no, no, not at all. But I'm sure you noticed the shoes on the body floating in the swimming pool. Shoes? Now, last night at the party, Captain Caleb was wearing black patent leather, highly polished. Is that so? Now, that private detective was discovered on the second floor. I'm almost sure that he got in through that window. Now, look here. You see, this broken plant? And there, that footprint. Now, in order to climb up to that window, that detective would have had to be wearing soft rubber-soled shoes. detective was spying on. Bet you whoever it was is the killer. Maybe. You know, I bet you could solve this case. Me? I'm not a detective. I'm a substitute English teacher. You mean a writer. Oh, I don't know what I mean, but I do know that Ethel Jenks is leaving Wednesday to visit her daughter in Montpelier, and I promised I'd take her class for her. Well, they can get somebody else. Look, the truth is, I want to go back. Look, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I don't have much use for city life. And you know, frankly, except for you and Kid Donovan, I don't much care for the people either. Even Preston Giles? Obviously, um, the FBI gets arrested because they're always private suspects and relatives. 
that once we do business, as I'm sure you feel, yeah. and that's why it will be multi crystal. That's right, yeah, that's some past connection.
I can unlock that for you. That is you, isn't it, Jess? Yes, it's me. A little hard to see. I thought you were in New York. You're supposed to be on your way to Maine. What are you doing here? Trying to tie up a loose end. <laughs> I didn't think you'd go away happy. What is it? What have you figured out? I'm not sure. It's almost 8 o'clock. What happens at 8 o'clock? Maybe nothing. The house is dark. Where's Davis? I gave him a couple of days off. Look, this is silly. I paid your cab driver and let him go. Come on, let's go inside and have a drink. Uh, not yet. What is it? What are you trying to prove? You know, Preston, you and I are standing about 25 feet apart. That's the same distance the killer was from Sherlock Holmes when he was shot. I guess. The police believe that Mr. Baxendale was shot by mistake. But in the darkness, the killer thought he was firing at Captain Caleb, but at this distance, I can see you perfectly. <laughs> That's because we're standing in bright moonlight. Just the night of the party, it was overcast. There was no moon. It was pitch dark out here. The killer saw the costume and assumed that McCallum was in that costume. Automatic lights. I'd hoped I was wrong. They went on at 8 o'clock. When did they shut off? Midnight? But what's the point? Point is, the murder occurred at 11.15. The point is, the killer knew exactly who his victim was. Or more specifically, Preston. You knew you were shooting that detective. Just for God's sake, you're not serious. With this much light, there couldn't have been a mistake. Someone had reason to kill Baxendale. We know it wasn't Ashley Vickers or Peter Brill. No one at the party knew he was around. No one but you and me and Kit and Grady. Well, I can't believe you're saying this. Do you think I'm taking any pleasure in it? But why would I kill the man? I didn't even know him. Oh, I think you did. At least he knew you. Don't you remember? As he was leaving the bedroom, he saw that brass figure of blind justice. And he turned and he said something very strange. He knew that you were the Count of Monte Cristo. It was as if something suddenly clicked into place. Is that it? No, of course it isn't. There were lots of little things, things that didn't mean anything at the time, but now I understand. In the cab, after you retained the lawyer, you promised that Grady would be exonerated one way or the other. I was trying to comfort you. Oh, no, I think you would have confessed if you thought that Grady was in any real danger. Jess, honestly. No, you're not being honest, Preston. Not at all. The telephone call proved that. What telephone call? At the party, when you were on the telephone, when Ashley and I walked into the kitchen and I asked you who was calling, do you remember what you said? A very persistent reporter from the New York Times. He insists on interviewing you first thing Monday morning. I told him you left for Pango Pango and weren't expected back till the turn of the century. <gasps> The Times reporter assigned to interview me was a young woman, not a man, Preston. It was Mr. Baxendale on the phone, wasn't it? He insisted I meet him by the pool at 11 o'clock. The subject was blackmail. I couldn't go through that. Not after all these years. I was in a blind rage. I took a gun and shot him. I realized how easily I could have been seen. 
anyone had been outside, they could have heard the shot. Many years ago, I was betrayed by three partners in a business venture. An apartment house we'd built collapsed. Several people were killed. Although I had nothing to do with the construction end, I was made the scapegoat. They got off free, and I was sentenced to 15 years in prison. After two years, I managed to escape. Don't ask the details, but the police assumed I died in the attempt. Like the Count of Monte Cristo. As you well know, my favorite fictional character. I really liked him. Oh, Grady, if only I hadn't been such a terrible busybody. If only I could have just let it be. Great, then I'd be on trial, not Preston Giles. Well, I've had enough. I've had enough murders, enough puzzles, enough suspects. You know, I don't even think I'm going to write another book. Sure you will. And I'll be the first one to read it. We'll see. Jessica, wait! Oh, thank God I caught you. Yeah, what's the matter? Oh, the police, they've been trying to find you all morning. They won't say, but I think they need your help help for me? Well, the bodies of two dead wrestlers were found this morning at Madison Square Garden. They were lying in the middle of the ring. One had been stabbed and the other drowned. Absolutely not. Well, they say there's a logical explanation, but they really need Ready, to help. tell her, dear. Goodbye, children. And don't forget to write. It's been a wonderful day with you both. Take care. Thank you. 